Hey everybody, welcome to the inaugural episode of Put Me In Coach. It's a podcast by and for baseball fans. My name is Matt Coggins. And my name is Carl Mizell. And we are your hosts. We're here to give you a podcast that is sort of uh, less technical, more fun. And exactly. I think that, yeah. that that's the vibe. And there and there's our there's our first uh, crosstalk. So we got that out of the way. <laughs> got that awkward uh, that awkward Midwestern thing. I think I feel like it's exclusively Midwestern almost where we tend to crosstalk. Yeah, and then it's always going to be like, oh, I'm sorry, you go. No, you go. No, you go. <laughs> Um, Carl, you're coming from Michigan. I'm in uh, New York, but we're both from the Great Lakes State. Um, we both grew up Tigers fans. Uh, and, you know, I thought like a, a great way to, to intro us into the show and sort of talk about like what, what's going to be so special about this show is kind of talk about our own history of, of baseball and what brought us to the sport, what makes us love this sport. And yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear your baseball story. Oh God, yeah. So the, the 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 nutshell version of it is, I was born in 1978. So when the Tigers won the World Series in 1984, I was right there. That was the that was the genesis of my uh, my baseball fandom. Cut to four years later, I, I, I followed it pretty casually, but then four years later. Um, I didn't understand why my beloved Kirk Gibson was, was playing for the Dodgers, but I was up watching the game the night that he hit the famous home run off of Dennis Eckersley and oh, that pretty nice. much did it. <laughs> that was, that was it. I was in my, I was in my, uh, stepdad's dad. So like my step grandpa's cabin <laughs> watching the game. And, uh, I was just like, this is it. This is the thing that I'm going to love uh, for the rest of my life. And, and I have, I, it's, it's an obsession. It's, it's something that I think about all the time, but not in the super numbery sort of way, but in the exact Mm -hmm. way that we want to talk about, if I may digress momentarily to tell you a story that I think really gets strikes to the heart of this. And we can edit this out if it doesn't work, uh, back in 06. No, we don't do uh, edits here. We don't do it. Oh, we don't, we know edits. (laughs) I love it. That's it. No, screw it. We're, we're going, we're going straight to tape. Um, <laughs> we're doing it live. Exactly. So, uh, back in 06, back when you could still just do this, I woke up one morning and I decided to drive to Toronto to go see the Tigers play in Toronto. And, uh, I just woke up, ordered tickets, booked a hotel, drove across the border, went and saw a game. And the fans there were amazing and we're having a good time and we're chatting. And at the time, nobody really believed that the Tigers were legit back in 06. This was June of 06. We weren't really sure that they were going to become the team that would go to the World Series. And then, even though they're Canadian, the, the ribbing starts to get a little, you know, a little more rambunctious. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, oh, yeah, but we, 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 you know, we, we, got, we got our World Series. We, we went back to back in the early 90s, you know, and you guys haven't won one since 84. Like, oh, man, that must be rough. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, it's it's not great. By the way, when was the last time that the Stanley Cup was in Toronto and everybody got real quiet and this guy leans up and just puts his hand on my shoulder and says, too far. <laughs> and no one talked to me the rest of the day. <laughs> so uh, just but being able to tell that story, I think baseball lends itself very well to that sort of environment where you can have these conversations and get to know the people around you and bond with them, but still not really miss any action, uh, at least not until 2023 when the game is going to speed up a little bit. 
that's a little tease. So yeah, so the the TLDR, I started when I was a kid. Tigers won the World Series when I was six. Gibson hit the home run when I was ten, and I, and now I'm on a quest to visit all thirty ballparks. And you're you're uh, on a good track record for it too. Yeah, I've got nine. I am going to be able to get number 10 for sure. I've got a, a work conference for my day job in April that overlaps. It's in Columbus, Ohio, but it's only 45 minutes from Cincinnati. So I'll be able to check that one off the list in April. Um, and then hopefully I'll get to come out and see you and uh, City Field and New Yankee Stadium and get uh, get three off the list. Excuse me, get three Hell off yeah. the list this year and get me to 12. So, and so where, how, did, how did you, exactly, how did you come to love and appreciate the game of baseball? Well, I, th- I think, um, like most people, I came to baseball through my dad and just, I grew up with it. Uh, you know, I grew up in the country, but we drive into Flint all the time to, to work at this theater that was downtown. It was like a half hour drive. So, you know, from April through November, we'd be listening to Ernie Harwell every single night to and fro the theater. Um, and that just shaped every summer. And then when Ernie retired and it was Dan Dickerson, who still is the radio broadcaster for the Tigers, those two guys are just the voice of my summers and my dad's just love for the Tigers, despite literally my entire life. Cause I've never in, they've never won a world series in my life. And most Mm. of my life, they've been just awful. They were, they were dreadful throughout the entire nineties. Uh, they had the worst record in baseball in 2003. And then right around, I was, I remember it was like nearing the end of the school year in 2006, I wore a Tigers shirt to school and, and kids were kind of making fun of me. They were like, Ugh, the Tigers, they suck. And one of my teachers was like, no, 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 they're going to be good this year. And lo and behold, that was the year they went to the world series. And, uh, and after that, I was just, I loved it. And so those probably next couple of years, I was obsessed. I knew every guy on the team. I had I had jerseys. I think my first player jersey was Curtis Granderson. And then I had one for Cabrera that I still have. And um, I kind of fell off of it once I got to college and didn't have TV or radio, so I couldn't really follow. And so the year that they went back to the World Series, 2012, missed it. <laughs> I, I barely knew that it happened. Um but I still had my favorite players, uh, especially that insane pitching roster. And mm. um, and then uh, I, it was it was the lockdown that made me realize, like, man, I, I miss baseball and I miss like being a baseball fan like I was when I was a kid. And so that just to me, once baseball came back in 2021, I made it a mission. I said, I'm going to know every single guy on this roster. I'm going to know every which way this lineup can look, which, um, you know, the way A.J. Hinch manages that could mean something very different day to day um yes and just really just went in and and became a a full-fledged baseball fan again and at the same time decided I'd pick up the local team the Mets as my secondary team and I couldn't be happier man it's just it 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 brings me such joy and like you said I neither of us are really big like stat heads we don't like I don't play fantasy I don't really get too involved in like sabermetrics and and all this like really nuts and bolts stuff i just love the sport of baseball i love the magic of baseball i love you know everywhere in between like walking my dog late at night in in august and hearing the broadcast on the radio 
or just sitting in the stands with a hot dog and a beer and watching it live in front of your face. Like all of it's just magic. It's beautiful. It's baseball. And I think that's like kind of what we we said we wanted to do with this show is like bring that magic to the listeners and not talk about just the crap, you know? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. uh, I listened to a podcast today and I, and I, uh, it it cemented it to me because I knew we were recording today. I was like, listening to this podcast and they, all they were talking about was salary arbitration and zips numbers and war. And I'm like, "Mm, I don't care about any of this. And I didn't know (laughs) half the guys they were talking about. I just want to talk about baseball. And I, and, uh, and so I hope, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, you know, obviously it's our first episode, we're still shaking off some cobwebs, but I hope that this is, this is something that a lot of people might find interesting. It's like, we love baseball. We love talking about it, but also we just want to avoid sort of the stuff that might be a little bit of a turnoff to the casual fan or the non-fan, you know, somebody that doesn't know anything about baseball, I think might be able to have some love for our show. Absolutely. If you're the kind of person, if you're the kind of person who looks at advanced stats and calls them foire and boire, and you can't tell the (laughs) difference between foire and boire, this is the show for you. Now I, I do, I do on occasion like a good stat, but I'm 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 right there with you. Like for me, the, the 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 feeling that I hope to evoke is back before I had satellite radio and I would drive to Chicago. Every once in a while, you could pick up a Brewers game on AM mm-hmm. radio, and you'd get to hear Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre sounds amazing on AM radio. <laughs> Listening to a ball game on nice on 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 AM. We're gonna have radio, a lot of those too. That's totally okay. <laughs> When I got to go to, um, I think I think there's his AmFam American Family Ballpark last year. I was in I was in Madison. And I got to drive out of Milwaukee. I was sitting there giddy because I knew that somewhere in that building, Bob Euchre was there too. Yeah, and that was the best for me. That's the kind of feeling that I want to evoke. Slight slight callback. Who was who was your Tiger in 2006? Pudge Rodriguez. Classic. Or Justin Verlander. Because yeah. I wasn't, growing up, I didn't really care about the pitchers until Verlander. And I was just like this this rookie, this like kid that came up, surprised everybody. And I remember the Sports Illustrated cover, he was on like, this guy can throw a hundred mile an hour fastball. Can you believe that? It's like everybody <laughs> can do that nowadays. But <laughs> that was big back then. And I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. My son uh, beamed, me, beamed me with 90 the other day. He's only four and a half. So I'm pretty confident that he's no, I'm, I barely <laughs> made contact with a wiffle ball. Uh, I was a big Sean Casey guy. Uh, I, I was a first baseman. I was a, a gregarious, chatty first baseman, much like Sean Casey. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I connected uh, to him. Plus, there was that, there was a, God, it was, I think it was 06. There was a year where he like didn't run out. He didn't run out a ball like he should have run it. I was like a pop fly or something that he thought wasn't going to land. He didn't run it out and they ended up getting thrown out. Uh, and I was just like, man, Sean Casey is all of us. Yeah. So, so let's, let's, why, don't we, why don't we get into the meat of it? Uh, so I, I, I was taking a look at the notes and I know you had you had something that you wanted to, to spring on me. Uh, as it pertained to uh, our TWIB notes, for those of you uh, older fo- fo- folks at home who might be listening, uh, This Week in Baseball History, do you have that for me, or are yeah. we just going to leave? I okay, even, excellent. I even got a little sting for it. This Week in Baseball oh. History. Our very first segment. Um, so yeah, every week I think I'm just going to like, uh, you know, talk about stuff that's happened, and uh, I'm gonna find it in my notes, and it's gonna be somewhere. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, just a couple of things that I thought would be fun to kind of 
put in perspective, obviously it's February, the season has not started yet, and it traditionally hasn't for the hundred odd years that we've been playing baseball. <laughs> um, Although, as of this record, as of this release, because this is releasing on February 15th, the 2023 season starts today. That's right. That's right. The, uh, the pitchers and catchers are meeting this week. In spring training, there's already a ton of guys in Florida right now. I don't know if you've been following that, but there are yeah, guys th- like ready to go this season. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, there's some guys. I, I know today is technically when anybody participating in the World Baseball Classic is reporting. Mm. Or, today, day of record, Monday, February 13th, is pitchers and catchers who are participating in WBC. But as of release, February 15th pitchers and catchers but yeah everybody is just going buck so what do you got so in 1953 ted williams safely crash landed a damaged panther jet after flying a combat mission in korea um ted williams obviously is like one of the most storied players in baseball and had a long career that was briefly interrupted by military service um and so yeah he he crash landed his jet uh and then came back and kept playing baseball not immediately but no, no, <laughs> he just got right out of the jet, put on his uniform, said, get put me, me back in Fenway, get guys. me to Fenway. Uh, that one of my, I'm a huge what if fan and we'll, I'm sure at some point in the run of the show cover many what ifs, but one of my favorite what ifs is what if Ted Williams, what if so many players, but what if Ted Williams had not lost so many years to military service? Mm-hmm. I just, uh, he could, he could have done so much more and he already did way more than a lot of people but god damn i would love to know but would the pilot piloting that mission be able to land that jet who knows exactly he was his wingman oh man here's a fun did did you did you know that he had a very famous wingman or he was sorry let me back that up he was the wingman he was once john glenn's wingman oh really yeah so how long was that before the space mission no idea I'm guessing it was probably in the early 50s, so 10, 15 mm-hmm. years, yeah. somewhere in there. So yeah, Damn, so, yeah, so the, the season nuts. has not the season has not started. Uh, I believe I believe opening day is March 30th uh, this year. But if really? you are new, if you're new to the game and you're new to the podcast, well, you're obviously new to the podcast. It's the first episode. We are new to the podcast. If you're mm-hmm. new to the podcast and you're like, hey man, I don't know anything about baseball. Why? What? What are they talking about? I keep hearing them talking about rule changes so matt and i thought excuse me matt and i thought that for the purposes of this first episode it would be a really good idea to talk about the major rule changes that are coming to major league baseball this season almost too many rule changes but they uh for those that might not know the the season last year began with a lockout uh a player and owner dispute over pay and a bunch of other stuff and what came out of that was better pay better conditions but also a couple of rule changes to in the eyes of the baseball commissioner make the game run a little faster and more efficiently and so that's pretty much what all these kind of boil down to is how can we make the game faster and take up less time so let's start with the uh the pitch clock rule I'm gonna. If you get too bored of the sound effects, let me know because I'm having. Oh God, no! No, I I make sound. I make sound effects just in my day to day life with my mouth. So you know, these are way better. Some of them are like uh, you know, I got the eagle. I got the what's what was this one? Oh, Howard Dean scream, of course. (laughs) Um, So that that scream saddens me now. (laughs) 
Um, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you ever tried to describe American politics over the last 20 years and you try to condense it into a sound, it would be that it would be the rapid fire Howard <laughs> Dean screen. And then the price is right. Losers theme. Oh, don't forget this one too. So the pitch <laughs> clock, uh, MLB will be using a clock and some other regulations to shorten time between pitches. It'll sort of function kind of like a, a shot clock in basketball or the, uh, the, the, the shot clock. What do you call it in football where they have time in between? Play clock. Yeah. Play clock. Yeah. Um, do you want to give us the full rule? Cause there's a lot of little, little intricacies in this rule. Oh yeah. It, it's a bit labyrinthian. But bear with me. So, once the ball is ready for play, the pitcher must begin his motion within 15 seconds with the bases empty, and 20 seconds if there is a runner on base. The batter must be in the box, alert to the pitcher, meaning, you know, ready to receive the pitch, within 8 seconds of the timer starting. If the pitch is late, he is charged with an automatic ball. If the batter is late, he's charged with an automatic strike. The pisser, the, the pit, the pisser, the pitcher may disengage. <laughs> the pitcher may disengage from the rubber, the rubber, <clears throat> i.e., step off or throw to the bases no more than twice per plate appearance. If the batter advances during the plate appearance, the disengagement counter is reset. If the pitcher steps off or throws to the base, a Third time, the runner automatically advances if the pickoff attempt is unsuccessful. In order to speed up play, generally, there will be a 30-second limit on both mound visits and the time between batters. That is the rule. That's the rule. Um, why? (laughs) I mentioned that the the game, they want to speed it up, but like, uh, you know, to the average baseball fan, or even somebody that doesn't know baseball at all, I think the one complaint about it is it's too slow. And science backs that up. The average game of baseball is over three hours long. Now, some people, like me, have no problem with that. But <laughs> I'm Same. not the average person. <laughs> no, I, I th- I'm going to quote Bill James. <clears throat> I know that we talked about, you know, no advanced statistics, and Bill James is really the father of advanced statistics. But in his new historical baseball abstract, he said something that I think cuts right to the heart of it, and it is this, quote, the problem with long baseball games isn't the time they take. The problem is that the wasted time inside baseball games dissipates tension and thus makes the games less interesting, less exciting, and less fun to watch, close quote. That right there uh, really, really gets to the heart of it. Um, the uh, Let's see here. Uh, yeah, relievers whose share of the game increases each season topped out at 24.7 seconds between pitches last year. G- uh, Giovanni Gallegos averaged 31 seconds between pitches. Ay, ay, ay. If and that I, goes without not, saying, there's certain guys that like, they'll get the ball, they'll start their windup, and those windups will take like 10 minutes while they they rock it back and forth and they do a thing uh, around their head. They're like a fucking bartender shaking a shaker. Oh, them. God, who's that guy that plays for Houston that does that? Uh, it's not Javier. If I ever the, see him on the show, like if I'm playing guy? MLB The Show, yeah, the Rock the Baby guy. If I ever see him on yeah. MLB The Show, I, I realize just, this I, is an audio medium I, I'm doing this. <laughs> no, no, they can hear it, I promise you. No, it's miserable. <laughs> it's so... It's so god awful and so terrible, and I and I, I there are four major rule changes that are coming this year, and I think three of them are excellent. And while I'm like you, I don't think baseball games need to be any faster. I definitely think this rule needs to happen uh, because well, the, the it, it it sucks the life out of everything. Yeah, 
And the old timers always say too, like the this is how baseball used to get played. They'd throw a pitch, catcher would throw it right back, and then they'd throw it again. Yep. There was no stepping out, adjusting your gloves, adjusting your cup, you know, spitting out your chew, saying something to the manager, getting new signs. It was just you're in there and you get ready. And they didn't even have a rule about it. It was just let's go. Yep. I mean, that was at a time where everybody was on a ton of amphetamines, but so many. The games were a lot faster. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you think this is going to go, though? That's my question. I think it's going to be a train wreck. And this is like the one rule I think will be the most like hard to enforce. And the players are going to get pissed off right away. Well, like like I said earlier to you in our text in our text conversation, the the new rule changes that are coming, the the comp, the, the MLB competition committee voted on it. But all four players, I, and I forgot to look up if I could find figure out who was on the players that were on the committee. All four players voted against these changes. Mm-hmm. So that tells you what the players think. But here's here's what I think. I actually I, I think there's going to be some some growing pains. But the thing that I think is going to change the most is the late innings of the game. Because like you mentioned earlier, back when Verlander and Joel Zumaya could throw 100 miles an hour, it was neat and it was interesting. Now you've got a bullpen full of guys who can throw 100 miles an hour and have gone to driveline baseball and crafted a slider from hell. If you can throw 100 miles an hour and then throw a slider at 90, same Mm -hmm. arm slot, you know, like that's hard. That's hard to do. But... If the reason that pitchers are able to do that in those late innings is because they have so much time in between pitches to just recover. If yeah. you tell them you've got to get back on the mound and you've got to throw that pitch right now, they have less time to recover. I'm a huge gym guy. I usually lift bigger, heavier weights. I take longer rests so I can lift those bigger, bigger, heavier weights. I can't lift big, heavy weights if you tell me to get back under the weight 30 seconds later. I can't right. do it. These guys are going to have to keep a little in the tank. So these guys that are up there throwing 98, 99, maybe they're throwing 94, 95, and maybe that slider is coming in instead of 92, you know, like DeGrom, uh, you know, 92, 93 mile an hour slider. Maybe that thing slows down a little bit to 87, 88. Maybe it takes a little spin off. Maybe it's a little easier mm-hmm. to hit. Maybe we see a little more offense. That's what I'm hoping for. Because yeah. I, I don't care how long a game takes, but I'm curious to see the, the the tertiary effect of this. How is this going to affect the game further down the line? And I would be real curious to see that. Yeah, and I, they, they actually tested this last year in the minor leagues, and they did say it 100% worked. It shaved almost, on average, 20 minutes off the game. Um, and there's a whole crop of minor leaguers that have been playing under those rules for a full year now that are going to come up to the majors and play under this. So, uh it could it could go off without a hitch, and obviously there will be um, a whole spring training schedule where they'll get to try this out before doing it for real. Where I think you know umpires can be a little more strict maybe in spring training, and then come the regular season maybe not be so much. But we'll see, we'll see. I like it. I like the pickoff rules especially because uh, you know especially if you're the home team and your guys on first and they keep throwing over, it's so annoying and it it's the one time it's like this is the best reason to boo (laughs) (laughs) the the road pitcher and this is if you if you don't if you're not a big baseball fan one of the big etiquette rules is if the road team is trying to pick off your guy on first base and he keeps throwing over after like the second or third throw he gets a boo now he doesn't get a third throw so (laughs) they don't even get let's just boo after the first one now i think i i i think 
I think that the booing on pickoffs is one of the dumbest things ever, but I still do. Like, it's almost instinctive. Like, in mid-sentence, I could be talking to a friend at the game, and I'll just boo. Like, I won't even uh. notice. It's, it's, it's Pavlovian. I, I can't help yeah. it. So that's how ingrained it is. It's a part of the game, but I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I want to see it because I grew up in the era when, you know, 80, 90, 100 stolen bases led the league. Now it's... I think I saw something the other day. They're, they're predicting like Ronald Acuna Jr. will lead the National League with 35 stolen bases. Ricky Henderson yeah. would have 35 stolen bases by the end of April. <laughs> you yeah. know, like so. I really want to see that excitement come back into the game, which I think absolutely leads us leads us real nice into what I think is one of the most interesting new rule changes for this year, and that is the bigger bases. The bigger bases, yeah. I kind of forgot about this one too. Uh, three total inches added, so 15 to 18 inches. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, my thing says better stolen base attempts, less chance for injury. They were trying this in the minor leagues too, right? Yes, correct. They tried it out in AAA, uh, a baseball America study of uh, data from AAA baseball, tr- uh, a AAA baseball trial of 18 inch bases revealed no perceptible effect on the offensive environment, but they did see, uh, a, an, a, an increased attempt or increased uh, base stealing attempts. So the, the the data is really inconclusive on it so far, but I'm curious to see how that one would play nice with the other one. It seems insignificant, but um, a little back of the napkin math. It's basically like you, you in, you're, you're in New York, you're a, the, 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 the pizza city, you know, the pizza capital of America. You know, if you increase something slightly... To some, I, yeah, I, I, for America, if I'd have said the world, every Italian would have somehow found my front door and, and beat it down and, and been very angry and rightfully so. Um, but roughly that's about a 45% increase in the overall size of the base. Um, so it seems small. It, it's kind of a wild card. I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. The one and the that, pizza analogy that's going from a medium to a large pizza, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're, you're increasing yeah, it slightly, yeah. but you're you you don't think that it's that much bigger, but it actually it it actually is, um, and that again would I would I'd love I love cause and effect. I would like to see how that's going to uh, be impacted by or play with one of the more controversial rule changes. Uh, I would argue the second most controversial rule change after the uh, the one that was announced today. Uh, we'll get to in that in a minute. The uh, the the shift ban. I shift don't, ban. I don't even know where to start with it. I guess so. The easiest way to 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 describe it is that somewhere in the past fifteen years. Teams realized that you could put players pretty much anywhere. Uh, there were very there were very little rules in place to stop you from putting players wherever you wanted them. So, usually left-handed hitters uh, pull everything towards the first base side of the field, uh, and so people just started stacking the field. The third baseman is standing right behind second. The you know the shortstop is over there. The second baseman is over there. They're basically playing Red Rover with ground balls, and and offense plummeted. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And so people took people took that um, as a sign that the shift ban was the, was the thing that had had caused the drop in offense. And it, it actually, there's a whole other host of things that actually caused it that we're not going to get into right now. Um, but the big thing that you need to know is I have the notes up for this. So do you want do you want me to read this one again, or do you want to take it? I feel like we're in in, in third grade. Who wants to read out loud to the <laughs> class? Popcorn it? Uh, yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll try it out. Um, the the full rule is the defensive team must have no fewer than four players in infield positions with at least two on each side of second base. 
So that goes to like you, like you said, they could be anywhere. Sometimes they'd take the shortstop and put them in the outfield for some guys. Can't do that yeah. anymore. Has to be all four infielders have to be in the infield. They have to have both their feet on or inside the outer edge of the infield. So either on usually dirt or the infield grass. So anything that's not outfield, they can't be standing anywhere outside of the, what shape would you call that? Not a, not the diamond part, but the diamond that bumps out. I don't know. The parabola. I, I cut <laughs> the out. arc. The dirt. Yeah. You got to have your feet on the dirt. Uh, they can't switch sides of the infield before the pitch is released. In the minor leagues, they were drawing lines on second base so that you could see if you stick, if you cross that line before that pitch is thrown, auto, what is it? Automatic, uh, automatic ball. Yeah. Infielders uh, are yeah. Prob- improperly aligned. Offensive team. I was like, what is it again? It's literally written right here on my screen. <laughs> Offensive <laughs> team may choose to accept the result of a play or receive an automatic ball. Um, I don't know. It's interesting because Moneyball really, in many ways, changed baseball. Sabermetrics and stats have been around forever, but Moneyball told people how to use it on the most insignificant of players. And now every player has a baseball reference, has a spray chart. So you can go, if you're a pitcher or you're an infielder, on your downtime during a game, you can look at your iPad and say, okay, well, this guy's up to bat next inning. He's going to hit it this way, so we're going to want to shift this way. And usually every guy would have a card inside of their hat. They would look and say, oh, this person's up to bat. Let's go over here now. They didn't used to do that back in the day because <laughs> they didn't know. Like, you know, they only saw these people a handful of times a year. And even then, like, they didn't know every little stat that this guy had outside of batting average, home runs, and, and uh, strikeouts. <laughs> so Yeah. The, 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 the shift has been used in, in the past, but it, it was not nearly as prevalent uh, as it is today. Um the the shift created I, I mentioned this in a text to you recently the shift created one of my 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 favorite bad baseball takes and that is well if they're shifting just hit it the other way have right. they tried just <laughs> hitting it the other way yeah have they tried to hit a tiny five ounce ball moving and darting sometimes 18 inches laterally side to side while also going 90 miles an hour have they thought about just hitting it where there's nobody standing it is the dumbest right. it's the dumbest argument the, ba- baseball is the I, i'm i'm going on record right now i will i will not hear any arguments against this baseball is the hardest sport that's right <laughs> it, is the, it is the most <laughs> it's my right as an american to have an eagle scream after my my very strong opinions that are not fact. Um, that said, there were moments, especially I noticed in the last couple of years, where there would be such an extreme shift, you know, like nobody covering the entire left side of the infield, and the guys yep. would just lay down a bunt. But even then, that's really, really hard to lay down the perfect bunt that no one's going to get to, even though there's nobody over there. You'd have to be really, really good at bunting to even try to do that. So, yeah, I agree. It's like you can't just hit it to the side that people aren't because there's no guarantee you could do that. And the no. reason why they're even shifting in the first place is because there is pretty much a guarantee that you're most likely to hit it towards them. Yeah. And it became this old, it, it, it was the ultimate monkey's paw for baseball because everybody's complaining about it while they're standing on the field in a shifted position. So when you're in, when you're on defense, when you're out on the field to, you know, in your defensive position, yeah, it's great. They're not hitting anything. Oh, wait, I'm up second next inning and I'm going to hit it right into the teeth of, you know, the defense. It was, it was this, be careful what you wish for 
kind of thing. But as as Fangraphs has pointed out, the top five hitters in plate appearances against the shift in 2022 were Corey Seager, Marcus Semien, Freddie Freeman, Jose Ramirez, and Matt Olson, and they all signed nine-figure contracts in the past 12 months. Cedric Mullins, Rafael Devers are in the top 10, Juan Soto, and Shohei Otani are in the top 15. So is it really the shift, or is it just your you know, your inability to hit as well as the people who I just rattled off. Right. You know, so I, I but it, it, to, to come back to your point about bunting, that is, I, I hate bunting. Bunting is scary because you're turning everything, you're turning forward, you know, face, you know, slightly angling towards the pitcher, thus turning anything they throw at you into a potential piss missile where it's going to, you know, <laughs> bounce right off your cup. Or, you know, God forbid, if it's a little inside and then, you know, I, I've, I've mangled my fingers you know, being a terrible bunter um, because you have to put your hands way up on the bat near where that ball is supposed to hit it. Yeah. And uh, if you've never had your fingers smashed between a baseball that's moving, you know, in my case, you know, usually 75 to 80 miles an hour and a hardwood bat. Um, yeah, it sucks. It sucks. Not not. Ideal. <laughs> I like this rule. I, I, I think it'll take some adjusting to, but I think uh, at the end of the day, it'll it'll feel a little bit more like old school baseball, like the kind of stuff that, that you didn't really consider before the last couple of years that I think it'll be clean. It'll be, I mean, I, I, I assume offense will be huge this year. Um, maybe that's me being a little naive, but I think that's the goal uh, is, to, is yeah. to increase offense. Mm-hmm. We'll see. And, it, and it's, it's, not, it's not unique. It's not unique. The NHL... If you're a hockey fan, they eliminated the red line and eliminated the two-line pass. Um, you know, they've eliminated zone defense in the NBA. They have instituted, you know, five-second lane violations. Uh, I, I don't follow the NFL anymore, but I know they've made some similar, cha- like, rule changes to to kind of goose the offense. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 not unheard of to do this sort of thing. But, yeah, I'm. this is the one I'm, I, 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 I didn't like the shift to begin with. Um, but it's not, I'm not paying, you know, I'm not the team owners. I'm not the players. I'm just a fan and I didn't like it, but I still showed up. So we'll see where it goes now. So we've covered the bigger bases. We've covered the shift. We've covered the pitch clock. Now let us talk about the dreaded Manfred rule or the Manfred runner. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, uh, if you're not a baseball fan, uh, thank God you're still here. Um, (laughs) thank you uh, so much for staying. Baseball will always have 27 outs, nine innings. Um, Unless it's a seven-inning doubleheader. Yeah. Well, we don't do those anymore, right? Thank Christ. Okay. So, so um, no matter what, you have to finish nine innings. If there is a tie after nine innings, you go into extra innings, and each team gets an inning to try to break that tie. In 2020, 2020 2021, I believe they, start this? they implemented it in 2020 when they... they got the game like right. they I think they only played 60 games and they implemented it at some point in 2020 I don't know if it was just the playoffs or the regular season but I, if I remember correctly I'm sure eventually once somebody comes back into the archives and listens to this they will send us a poorly timed email about a, a podcast <laughs> episode that happened six months ago but yeah. I'm gonna say it was 2020 and you know what we appreciate those comments we love engagement um exactly basically the the rule is in the extra innings uh the batting team starts with a runner on second base and that's it just a free runner no outs nothing and usually that means that you have to prepare for the chance of that winning run only being two bases away 
um, with still having three outs to deal with it. I hate this rule. Um, it does definitely make the games shorter. Um, I think since it, it got added, games rarely go above the 11th or 12th inning. Um, and uh, it's permanent now. That's the new rule, is that it's going to be the, the new rule for baseball for the rest of until somebody changes it. Which I hope is so soon, because I, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate, I hate, I hate it. I hate that it makes people argue whether they're called a ghost runner or a zombie runner. Uh, I Neither hate are that. Right. <laughs> no, they're both dumb. They're, they're, there's no right answer because this rule is so dumb. It, it doesn't make any sense to advantage a team in, in, in that way. And furthermore, uh, for our fans who might not be as familiar. So the road team gets first at bat in the top of the inning. So in the top of the 10th inning, the visiting team would get a runner on second base. Now, if that runner scores, the home team has a chance to score in the bottom of the 10th inning. So, okay, great. So now the road team, yeah, so the road team scores. It's pretty easy to score from second base. You know, it should be pretty easy to score from second base. The the advanced metrics, which we swore we weren't going to talk about, at least right now, would bear out that it's pretty easy to do. But... Let's say, for example, that road team doesn't manage to do it. Get to the bottom of the inning. If that road team, or excuse me, if the home team scores, game's over. So if, you know, that's what we would commonly refer to as a walk-off. And I saw I, got, I saw the White Sox play in Detroit back in August of 2022. And uh, they hit a ground. The White Sox uh, had a runner on second in the in the bottom of the inning, in the, in, in the bottom of the 10th, or top of the 10th, excuse me. And they hit a ground ball to first, so that runner got moved over. And then, uh, and the, how did this work? Yeah, so they got moved over, and then they scored on a sacrifice fly. And I called it like the khaki pants of victory because it was just the most boring victory. And of yeah. course, the, the Tigers couldn't score because they were the 2022 Tigers. Yeah, but it was just so like, oh, gr- ground ball to first. That runner's going to move over to third, and then sacrifice fly. Wow, that was so exciting. I would have rather watched a 17 inning game with actual you know like strategy other than oh well that guy just kind of had the chance to get to third and then to home yeah it it just i don't even want to talk about it anymore it's so dumb but that's that's the rule and we're gonna see how it goes and like you were saying earlier about the or we were talking about the competition committee i don't think that the players like it either but yeah it it doesn't seem ideal i mean like it's just it, it how do you strategize for that how do you plan for just like basically a free run uh i mean it's not guaranteed that you get that run but it is nearly guaranteed (laughs) like yeah it's basically like the and we i like to call it the manfred runner named after uh rob manfred the commissioner of baseball who came up with this rule um Mm. and it's basically him manfred basically saying okay this game's going on long enough hurry it up we want to go home it's like no people Mm. who like baseball want more baseball and we want these games, like, everybody loves a game that goes on for too long. <laughs> Those are the best yeah. kind of games. Wasn't, uh, is it Yankees and um, Mariners that had like a 15 inning game the other day? Not the other day, the other, the other uh, November, um, which I think was yeah. only possible because they paused them. They didn't use the Manfred Runner in the playoffs. Yep. No, and that's, I, I, I hate, like, I, I'm also a huge hockey fan. I hate the shootout. Um, but I like that they Fuck take it the away. the shootout. Yeah, exactly. The shootout is Fuck so the dumb. Shootout. But shootouts in all sports, soccer, lame, hockey, lame. Uh, but they take it away in the playoffs. And that to me yeah. is the ultimate because 
you, any any second that game could be over and one team is going to be thrilled and the other team is not going to be thrilled. Yeah. <laughs> That's my new favorite one. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, last rule <laughs> is uh, position players pitching, which I didn't know there were even rules about. But for, uh, for, those, for those of you that don't know, uh, sometimes when there is an absolute blowout, a team can elect to put somebody who is not a pitcher on the mound to pitch. And usually that means either you're winning by so much, it doesn't matter how many runs you give up. So you could put anybody on the mound just to get three outs and move on. Or you're down by so much that it doesn't matter how many runs the other team scores. You just want to get this game over with and you want to save your pitchers um, for the chance to play in a real game. Um, so the the rule used to be that uh, you could use a position player pitching when up or down by six or more runs. But now the rule is position players can only pitch in extra innings in the ninth inning when the leading team is up by 10 or more or any time when the trailing team is down by eight or more. So it's got to be a huge window. And even then it's sort of like, don't even bother. And the big reason they're trying to change this is because some teams just give up. And we as Tigers fans know all too well that that team just gave up. Mm. Uh, position player named Harold Castro, who's no longer with the team, um, but he was sort of a utility, you know, played every kind of position. He had more <laughs> relief appearances as a pitcher than some of the Tigers' relief pitchers on the roster last year. Um <laughs> And even like, uh, you know, this fact that was insane uh, in 2017. So just what, six years ago, there were 32 instances of a position player pitching in the entire season. Last year in 2022, that number was 132. And I'm pretty sure 32 of them were the, the Tigers, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. 30, <clears throat> 32 were the Tigers. 16 were Harold Castro. Uh, and 10 yeah. were Cody Clemens. Uh, he, and sometimes he, it's fun. Like the Cody Clemens strikeout of Shohei Otani. That was fun. Yes, that was great. Or Brett, any, I, I, there should be an exception for Brett Phillips. Because Brett Phillips knows, he understands the assignment. He gets goofy with it. He, he once balked because he dropped the ball. Um, he just, he just lost his grip on the ball and the umpire was like, you idiot. Now everybody has to move up because you can't hold on to a, an object that you've held probably since you were six in fool. <laughs> if you're listening, Google Brett Phillips laugh and then just have a great time. He's got the best laugh ever. Um, I just like this rule. I think it's good. I think like, uh, in, in, in future episodes, I know we're going to talk about like teams that kind of give up. And uh, it just sucks when your team does it so much that, like, I'd love a rule like this that's just like, come on, man, just put a pitcher out there and play the game because you're not helping anybody by just giving up before the game's over. Um, that said, I still think Harold Castro was a better relief pitcher than Gregory Soto, but that's a <laughs> argument for another day. Yeah, but I, I know that we're going to cover that at some point. We're going to cover all kinds of crazy stuff here. And if you're if you're still here, thank you so much. Like Matt said, you know, yeah. we're, we're, sh we're shaking off the rust. It's spring training for everybody. Consider this, these first few episodes to be our spring training episodes. Uh, while we get the, get the podcast rolling, we shake the rust off. Uh, we'll eventually have guests and and we'll have segments and we'll do all kinds of fun stuff. But for right now, just we hope that you join us in the excitement and the fun of baseball. And if you're listening to this and you have a friend who is like, oh, man, I wish that two 
two numbskulls uh, who were friends would talk to me about <laughs> baseball and explain things to me, please recommend this podcast to them. Absolutely. And in general, recommend the podcast, uh, you know, wherever you're listening today, if you would be so kind as to give us a review um, and uh, and rate, you know, that, that really helps a brand new podcast kind of grow and grab an audience and, and tell your friends. If you ever want to be on the podcast, this isn't just going to be us interviewing baseball stars, probably won't be at all. So <laughs> if you have any interest in being on the show and want to talk some ball, uh, you know, topics that are fun for you and, and can relate to the game, we would love to have you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to do it for us today. I, I just wanted to give a couple quick plugs before we go. Uh, for one, the sources for what we talked about in today's show can be found in the footnotes of this episode. There's one from ESPN that outlines all the new rules. There's another from Sports Illustrated from a few years ago that kind of foreshadows the need to speed up the game. Uh, yeah, those are in the footnotes. Also, our theme music is by Quack Quack Seatback. It's a cover of the legendary baseball anthem by John Fogarty. You can find their Bandcamp page linked in those footnotes as well. Our website is putmeincoachpod.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at putmeinpod. I think that's going to do it. Thank you so much for listening in this very first episode. Thank you, Carl, for uh, hosting this with me. This has been such a blast. No, like I, like I said earlier, a humble tweet. I, I tweeted one time that I wish I had a baseball podcast, and here we are, and I couldn't be happier here to be hosting are. it alongside you. It's it's really just, it's 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 a dream. It's a dream come true. And I think it's going to be a great summer. It's going to be a great year of baseball. Uh, yeah, next week I think we're going to talk schedule changes, maybe get into some other, like, big new changes and stuff that changed personnel-wise on the offseason. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys then next week. Bye. Bye.